so I like to you know, continue a little bit on from where I and Anabodhi left off in the morning uh, about uh, you know about staying with the practice whatever you know we are meeting and and sometimes you know it can be that that we meet uh, certain faces in our practice where we where we really feel like we come to something which which is we just don't know what to do with this and all our accumulated you know past knowledge and experience and so on just doesn't we don't have the confidence you know that that we we don't we, we feel like we don't know what to do with this and i find that very interesting because you know the word uh, wisdom in the Pali language is, is Panya or in the Sanskrit Prajna and the the word consists of two parts and the first part of it pra means before and na anya is knowledge. So wisdom actually the, the the word wisdom itself means that which is before knowledge. Knowledge is you know you can say like a knowledge which we can accumulate through reading or through listening, through learning something. That's knowledge, but wisdom is not understood to be a body of knowledge, but it's it's the capacity, you know, to have the mindfulness and to have the uh, trust, you know, that we are just staying with what is without escaping into stories which are always a certain amount of uh, past which we are putting on top of the experience so panya or prajna means that which is before knowledge so meaning you know that we are with our experience directly without interpreting it or, or judging it and that's what the meditation is also you know designed for to uh, strengthen our capacity to to be with experience without going off into thinking about it and you know judging it as good and bad and want more of it and I'm afraid of losing it, I'm afraid of it never stopping and all of these things. So you know in, in the beginning of the practice when, when we are still new we, we start by you know listening or, or reading or, or getting instructions and and we have to have a certain intellectual understanding of the framework of the practice because that keeps keeps us on the right track. But then once we have you know, have a certain basic understanding, then we have to go and put it into practice, which means you know we have to bring it into our own experience by sitting down in meditation and then following those instructions which are saying, you know, don't don't put a story on top of what you're experiencing, but just try to be with the experience that it is and let the story maybe pass by like a cloud in the sky, but don't hold on to it. Because um, if you know, we, if we have that capacity to be with the experience as it is without you know, escaping into a story about it, then it will open up and it, it will reveal itself for what it really is. And and number one, it is impermanent. And that's something we might know intellectually, but to really deeply know it, 
so that it becomes wisdom and something else. So we, you know, we start with an intellectual understanding, which then becomes experiential, and and when it's really deeply experienced, it becomes an intuitive knowledge or a wisdom. It becomes part of our being. So whenever you know we meet experiences, we don't have to. You know, we don't have to kind of stop in the sense and kind of going through what we have learned, but we are that we, we bring that to the experience already. That that the knowing, for example, that everything is impermanent, not by thinking about it, but trusting that and having the faith, you know, to open to the experience that it is, because we know it's just have it has a beginning, it has a middle, and it has an end, and we don't have to. Uh, distract ourselves from it. We can, you know, we can stay with it, knowing it's going to change. And this is, you know, that sounds maybe a little bit abstract, but this is the way how the practice works. You know, bringing the the framework, bringing the teaching, which we are picking up in different ways. You know, bringing it from the head into the heart through making it our own through personal experience. And because, you know, it can be quite difficult to stay with our experience, meditation has has been developed by, you know, by many different traditions and there's many different um, instructions, you know, depending on, on the lineage we are learning it from and the teachers we are learning it from because everybody teaches what has worked for them or, you know, what they have uh, received from their teachers, but the essence is always the same. The essence is always, you know, coaxing the mind to be with the experience rather than thinking about the experience because only then can we, um, you know, become permeated by that wisdom? Because you know, any moment if we are fully with experience and not thinking about it, we are we are learning something. We are collecting, we are collecting data basically about the way things work, about the way things are, about how how nature works. And then, you know, if a certain amount of of data is collected, so really paying attention and being with the experience, it translates then into insight, and then suddenly, you know, we understand something. And suddenly, we can say, oh, you know, what I've heard, what I've read, I can really see that's really what's, how it's happening. And then, that's, you know, that's what we want to facilitate with the practice. And, and the frameworks which we are getting from the teachers and from the books, they are, you know, helping us, you know, to put a certain boundary around our experience so that we get the right pointers, how to look and where to look. So the Buddha himself, you know, he found this way, which he calls, like he in the teachings it's called, he said, you know, he has found an old ancient city which hasn't been uh, looked after for a, for a long time and everything was overgrown with the jungle and it hasn't been kept up kept I think one says in English yeah but it was already there before so so, so that the Dhamma or, or the truth or the laws of nature they were already operating since 
beginningless time. But he, you know, in his uh, practice, he he kind of had the enough perseverance and courage to to keep on going and not you know distracting himself until he hit on the on the truth, and then he was, uh, you know, compassionate enough to share it with others and and today we have that this precious teaching and we can you know find that path to this ancient city much easier because he has left uh, lots of maps behind and then there have been you know lots of teachers after him which picked up the maps and then you know kind of uh, elaborated on them and um, they had their own um, skillful means, you know, how they would apply them. And in the tradition which we are coming from, in, in the forest tradition, forest tradition puts a lot of, of weight on, on meditation practice and also on, on simplicity. And, you know, using, even now we are in the city today, but usually, you know, trying to go out into nature and using nature as, as a teacher because impermanence is very much you know visible and beautifully uh, coming to us through a forest for example if we go through a forest we can see impermanence everywhere in a, in a way which is calming and 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 harmonizing the energies. And, you know, through this application of, you know, bringing the mind into the present moment and keeping the mind open in, in a you know, in a, in a receptive state. And letting, you know, letting nature, letting uh, the Dhamma inform ourselves. Because if we are listening, we will get an answer. And it's not like a listening outside, but a listening inside. And um, putting that into practice by, you know, trusting our own experience and you know having having the courage to stay with it long enough and when Ayananabodhi was giving the um, guided meditation and you know, also saying it's not something she was speaking about like metta or like the Brahma Viharas you know this is not something which we have to produce and then you know send out to others or, or give it to ourselves but if we are if we have the you know the courage and also the um, mindfulness to just be in the present moment and be open, then it's already he always here. But because we are often very much distracted in our habitual ways of thinking, we can't connect with it. And the same is also with the, the, the intuitive wisdom, Panya. It's always, you know, this is an intelligence which is uh, quality of, of awareness but if we are not able you know, to connect with awareness we can't you know, benefit from that intelligence 
which is you know always already existing and we is our true nature awareness is our true is the true nature of our mind and this intelligence is a quality of it this clarity and but if we are distracted then we can't connect with it so the what panya means, what wisdom means, is actually to be able to connect with this intelligence which is much greater than our you know, conceptual thinking mind. It's this kind of, you know, of knowing or intelligence which, you know, for example, great artists or great scientists tap into if they come up with something you know, which really moves the heart, a piece of art, music, painting, dancing or whatever, it comes from this um, different level of mind. And this is you know, what the Buddha was speaking about when he speaks about wisdom. And this is a very active kind of a quality. It, it's, it's, it's not like just you know, learning difficult suttas by heart or something like that. That can help you know to, to prepare the mind to be able you know if you have the capacity to learn things by heart. That means you know you have to bring the mind again and again back to what you are learning. So that can be a skillful means also to train the mind and take the mind off from habitual ways of thinking. But then when it comes to the ground, you know that we are challenged in life that learning won't help us very much if we haven't brought it back into our own experience. It's, it's a, you know, it's a good um, boundary, you know, to experiment within those pointers, you know, which are basically the book knowledge are very useful pointers, but then if we don't bring it back into our own experience, it's not there for us when we really need it the most, is when we are challenged. So I find that when I heard that for the first time, you know, that wisdom means before knowledge, uh, that was very kind of startled my mind. Because it was not what I was, you know, what I was used to. You know, we have been on university studying a lot, thinking that this was, you know, wisdom is the person who sits in the <coughs> room with a million books and reading day in and day out. This is a wise person. Obviously, that's not the case. So, I find that very inspiring. You know, not not uh, saying that knowledge is not important, but that it has to be balanced with with wisdom. And the same also, you know, with uh, the meditation. It's also not about you know forcing anything to happen, but rather you know setting a skillful framework. In order for the for the process to to you know to have to go into the right direction, but then let it give it some space because what we want to we don't want to make a result. We do have some aims, you know. We I think enlightenment is a very good direction to go in, but we can't force the mind. We have to see you know what the mind is doing, and through the instructions we start to look through the habitual ways the mind is operating and that looking through you know sets it free it's like 
you know, seeing um, a magician doing some amazing tricks and then, you know, maybe we have an opportunity to look behind the curtain and then we see all of the different props the magician has in order to conjure up that experience for us. Once we have seen behind the curtain, you know, there's like a, we never for, we'll forget that. We're never gonna fall for the appearances in the same way again. Even, you know, we still be triggered and so on and so forth. But still, you know, that we have seen it. And there's a bit more capacity, you know, to be with everything as it is and also what it brings up in us because we, we know this is there's more to this than just what meets the, the sense organs, you know, the eyes, the ears, the nose, tongue, body and mind. There's more to this. And the instructions and the meditation are all about, you know, helping us to to unravel this net of delusion which we are spinning around the appearances. Because those things they they do really appear but not they are, but not in the way like that we think that they appear. And that's what you know those, that's what we have to go get behind that that um, story which we are putting on top of the appearances. And the meditation is, is all about, you know, setting the, the stage in the right way so that this uh, deepening understanding is facilitated through the meditation. And then there's more and more capacity, you know, to have space around our experience and to, to pay attention more and more instead of, you know, turning away because it's too much. We can't be with it. It's like a, it's sometimes it's you know, compared with a spiral. Just, you know, going deeper and deeper and deeper into the experience and through that going deeper and deeper into it, there is more um, understanding how it works. And then we have more, you know, courage to open even deeper up to it. And, and the, 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 vistas you know become bigger and bigger and we see things more in in connection and we can we can see more like this is a this is all a, a process rather than separate things you know which which are happening and then we have more capacity to, to listen, you know, to listen to the process and see it reveals itself to us because it's, it's, um, it's a journey, you know, which we are all on and it's all about, you know, going into the, going increasingly into the depths of it and, you know, seeing ourselves as part of this journey and through this, you know, things uh, come more and more into perspective. And then there's more ease in, in flowing with the journey, however it unfolds. Because we have that uh, capacity to take things less personal. We, we don't feel so, you know, impacted by 
what, what, what's happening to us, but we have more <coughs> openness to learn from whatever is happening. And then, you know, it can be more uh, a journey in, you know, in the service of cultivating wisdom and compassion rather than uh, you know, difficult situations, we try to get around them, try to turn away from them. But we can see whenever there's a sense of struggle, this is like a like an alarm clock bell, you know, going up for us. If there's a sense of struggle, look, you know, look at it. What's, why is it like this? You know, what is underneath? And trying to connect with it. You know, I've had an experience when I was uh, in my teenager years, when I was, when I was once almost like drowning in an, in, um, in the sea. And, you know, there was a point when I had a feeling I, you know, now I don't know anymore what to do because I, the, the, the tide, the rips of the occurrence, you say, was like I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get out of it and, and shouting out was too far away and, and so on. So I just really didn't know anymore what to do. Then I just thought, okay, just that's it, you know. And I just let go, and then I don't know what happened, but at one point, I suddenly knocked my knees. And then I knocked my knees, and then I, I got up, and then suddenly the water was just that high. That was for me a real good lesson. Because, you know, if I would have tried to get out of this, it wouldn't have, I don't think, I would have exhausted myself so much, you know. It just didn't didn't work. But then at one point, you know, I just um, surrendered into it. And then somehow the, the ocean was carrying me to the shore. And that was like a, a real aha moment, you know. So, so trusting, you know, that this whole process which we call our lives is going in the right direction if we can you know, if we can take the clues it is get, giving us. Because, you know, having, uh, having certain, you know, ideas and, and dreams and so on, which we want to, you know, make come true in our lives, I think it's a good, a good thing, but holding on to them too strongly is 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 a recipe for a lot of um, unhappiness. So having you know having a, an idea where we are going, and then working with this prajna or panya, you know this capacity to be with experience as it is and to receive guidance from life itself, to, to listen to it. Because the guidance is there for us if we have the ears, you know, to listen. And it mightn't always be in the way we think it has to be, but it's definitely there. 
But if you're meant to fix it on our our own um, agendas, then we can't hear it. And I think you know in this in this time right now where there's a lot of you know increasing awareness about climate change, for example, and there's a lot of uh, you know unwillingness to really you know come into the truth of it and to really open to it because there's this thinking we don't know what to do, and on a, on a on a certain level we probably do not know what to do because it's a huge. Um, thing, you know, which we are facing. But if we have that uh, capacity, you know, to balance with the practice of, of, of coming into the present moment and take guidance from life itself, I think we will be able to respond. And we don't know, you know, what the results will be, but if we are training ourselves in responding in that way, then whatever the results will be, it's going to be a good thing because we have trained ourselves in opening the mind to it. So I think, you know, at, at this point in history of, of the human race on this planet, I mean, this kind of practice has never been more important because there's nowhere to go now for us anymore. We can only go into waking up to where we are because it's, things have you know, developed in a way there is no escape from this. But only a fully coming into the present with what is. That's the only way how we can go forward with it. And I find this is also a very great uh, um, you know, impetus for practice now. Besides our personal lives, you know, which we have difficulties in sometimes, but now, you know, we're in a globally in a situation which is unprecedented and this practice is now more precious than it ever was. So if you sometimes you know need a sense of urgency to get you onto the cushion to get you out of the bed in the morning, maybe just think of your life in this bigger context. Maybe you f feel some energy rising up, you know, some interest in in training yourself to be able to listen more deeply to what life wants to tell you. And then, you know, being able to share that with others through the way you, you are. And to also not being able to sometimes really um, acknowledge, you know, that we are at the end of what where the thinking mind can help us with certain things, where we have to just uh, 
come out of trying to think our way out of a certain difficulty and, and just admit, you know, we, we just don't know and just being with that. With that not knowing, you know, which which can open up a, a space for something new to arise in, in and come forward. That's a way, you know, how we can sustain ourselves in, in difficult times. And also we are not knowing that we are not alone in this. This is something we all share. It's the same like that we have this capacity of, of applying uh, wisdom. It's all, uh, this is a, a skill we can all, you know, train ourselves to be more proficient in. And through, through kind of doing it again and again and observing, you know, how, what fruit it bears, we, our faith in the practice, you know, is, is getting stronger. It, and it's not a, a belief because somebody tells us, but it's because we know, we have experienced it. If we really listen, if, if there's something we need to know, we're going to know it. And then, you know, experiences which are really difficult, they turn out to be, you know, great opportunities for, for learning and for growing and, you know, and developing uh, compassion also because we can we know how it is, so we know we can meet others there as well. And there's also like a beautiful, um, you know, vignette from the life of the Buddha when he was sitting under the Bodhi tree in the in the night of of, the, uh, of his enlightenment. They say you know there were lots of different thoughts coming up in his mind, thoughts of fear and lust and all kinds of thoughts and they in this it is depicted in the suttas that Mara the you know the personification of delusion was sending him scary monsters you know to attack him with all kinds of weapons or he was sending his beautiful daughters to seduce him and he was just he was just sitting there you know under the tree and just you know being with it not turning away from it in fear or not kind of jumping for it in, in greed, but he would just stand there or sit there and be with it. And then the, all of these different stories, you know, which were attacking him, they turned into flowers, basically. They say the weapons which were hurled against him turned into flowers. So that which first, you know, looked to be a very scary thing, unsurmountable, dangerous, and so on and so forth, because he stayed with it, it, it turned and it became, a, it turned into a blessing. And I think this is what is meant, you know, with, if we have that awareness with our experience, that which first, you know, seems to be something we can't be with, if we are staying with it, it's going to turn into something which is actually enriching not in the way of 
more money on our bank accounts, but in the way of you know more wisdom and compassion. And because that isn't really so much valued in our culture, we have to just uh, you know remind ourselves that this is what is really bringing us what we are looking for. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.